0: On Mother's Day, I've been to church a lot over the years, and mostly Baptist churches because, you know, I don't just go to a Baptist church because I was brought up in a Baptist church. I go to a Baptist church after I got saved because a Baptist church seems to bring forth the truth of God's Word. Uh, they, they teach it. They preach it. You learn it in small groups. You learn it in Sunday school. And uh, I really don't go to church as just a time to spend time with other folks, although that's good. I want to learn the Word, and I want to know what God's Word has to say about things, and I want to take the truth of God's Word and apply it to all things. So over the years, I've noticed something about Mother's Day, is things have changed a little bit. I know when me and Brenda were first married, she was 16, I was 18, we didn't have to get married, so just wanted to put that out real quick. It used to be a thing back when I was a kid, but a year later, or it is actually about two years later, we had our first child, and then we had a second child, and then God blessed us with that. But in church, uh, I remember for years we'd go to church and they'd do, who's the youngest mom? And she'd always win that. You guys remember back in the days? <laughs> I think she won it for 15 years. Because uh, <laughs> uh, she was so, and then we'd have the one with the most kids and the one, you know, you'd look and 13 kids, oh my gosh. But uh, you'd just, uh, we did things that way. And then as I got older, You know, as you're young, the things you don't realize, and as you grow, the things you more realize is, I found out Mother's Day isn't always a great day for everybody. Now, for you that are moms, I do not want to take away from your time. We are going to celebrate Mother's Day. But for those of you that are not moms and maybe want to be moms, you need to know that God is still with you in everything you do. God loves you just as much. If you come to Him, He's going to bless you. In different ways so don't don't take this message as it doesn't apply to you because you can take the truth of God's Word and apply it in so many ways and it's applicable in so many ways so I I had a completely different message finished about a week ago and, and God does this when you don't preach much I have the time to think about this a little bit more and I had a message that I thought was really good but evidently God didn't and I uh, Two things happened in my life last week, early. Uh, I had an aunt die, uh, Carol Leslie. Maybe some of you know you, her, maybe some of you don't. But she, godly woman, big effect on my life. One of those kind of people that, that just take care. You know, she took care of my grandparents till they died. She took care of her parents till she died. Everything we did was over at her house. She took care of her grandkids. She took care of her great-grandkids every moment she could until she couldn't do it anymore. She couldn't walk. She passed away. Not to put a damper on things, i got permission to do this, so family members, if you get, you're like, what is he saying? Next thing that happened is a wonderful woman that has been a stalwart in our family. Uh, they told her she had cancer this week, uh, Carol Ross. And some of you don't know that. But I asked Junior and Carol if it's okay if I mention that. Uh, not because I want to bring down downer, but what I want to tell you is, One of these days, all of us are going to get that call. Whether it's cancer or whether you're asleep and you take your last breath, I can assure you you don't know when it's going to happen. Even if you're a young person, you do not have the promise of tomorrow. And I say this, those two things happened, and I was up all night after I found that out. Man, I'm trying not to cry because I don't want to make this a bad thing in in that For the wages of sin is death, we know that, but we have this blessed, we just sang about it, the resurrection and this hope we have to look forward to beyond this life where there is no more pain, no more sorrow, no more crying. We absolutely know that to be true, and are we blessed in that? Come on, that that has to get your blood boiling, because it does me. And when I think about this, I, I am so glad that God put godly women in my life when I was growing up. And when I became a man. Let me tell you, women, you can make a huge, huge difference. So, you say, well, I'm not a mom. Because I want to talk about that too. How can I make a difference? Maybe you're a stepmom. Oh, let me tell you, I had a stepmom. You can make a difference. I'm not a mom. You can still make a difference in family members' lives. You can reach out to them. I just don't want anybody here today not to be in a mood to celebrate mothers, but most importantly, the title of my message is Honoring Mothers for the Glory of God Almighty. And that's what I hope we do. I have something, and it's funny. I, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm pulling this out because I want to prove it to you. So I've actually gotten in trouble with this before. Yesterday, I was listening to a sermon by Erwin Lutzer. Any of you know who he is? Uh, pastor at Moody Bible Church in Illinois, someplace Chicago, I think. I don't, I don't pay no attention to that. I just like his preaching. And uh, he was doing a sermon on mothers, and he did this very same thing I'm going to do. Now, the reason why I'm bringing this out is he took that from me. I didn't take that from him. Because this, this email says 2004. And when he started repeating it, I'm like, if, if people hear this, they're going to think I'm copying somebody again, and I'm not. There's just certain things that are so good we have to share. And it's, a, it's some funnies to get us because I, I already got us kind of on a downer, which we should be in a way, but then again, I can look over to Carol and I I tell you what, I can look up to heaven and my aunt Carol's in heaven right now and I can praise the Lord for that. So moms, they did a survey of elementary kids a long time ago, obviously. It was before 2004, prove it by my email here. It said, why did God make mothers? She's the only one that can find the scotch tape. (laughs) Mostly to clean the house. I don't know if that one goes too well anymore, but to help us out of there when we're getting born. To help us out. Really? <laughs> second grader, they'll mature and know better than that. Much more than helping us out. I even went through a midwife course when our second daughter was born. And I'll tell you what, after that, I told Brenda, you don't want to ever have any more kids. That's fine with me. I mean, I would have. Kids are a blessing. Don't get me wrong. But I'm, tell- oh, well, never mind. I'm not going to go any further on that. Why did God give your mother? They asked these kids a the question, why did uh, God give your mother and not someone else's mother, because she's related. That's a good one, isn't it? Because she's related. Next one, I do like this one. God knew she likes me a lot more than the other people's moms like me. That's, that's good. That's good. That's true, too. Uh, what kind of little girl was your mom? <laughs> my mom has always been my mom and none of that other stuff. I can see, yeah. Or this one. This one's even better. I don't know because I wasn't there. But my guess is she was pretty bossy. <laughs> Some say she used to be nice. Remember, this is second graders, right? <laughs> Guys, don't you amen that. <laughs> what did my mom need to know about my na- dad before she married him? His last name? Uh, Oh gosh. Why did your mom marry my dad? She got too old to do anything else with him. <laughs> hey, this one's good. Why did your mom marry your dad? My grandma says because she didn't have her thinking cap on. <laughs> oh, who's the boss of the house? They ask that one. We all know what they're gonna say there. Uh mom doesn't want to be, but my dad's a real goofball, so she has to be. Uh What's the difference between moms and dads? Moms work at home and moms work at, at work. And dads only work at work. <laughs> we'll move on from that one. What does your mom do in her spare time? Mothers have no spare time. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Here's the, what does your mom do in her spare time to help her? Oh, excuse me. That came out wrong. To hear her tell it, she pays bills all day long. <laughs> And ending with this, what would it take to make your mom perfect? On the inside, she's already perfect. But on the outside, she might use a little bit of uh, uh, weight loss or this is what the kids said, (laughs) or uh, plastic surgery. (laughs) Oh, well, moving on. We all like the she's already perfect on the inside. As we celebrate moms, I'm going to turn to Ephesians 6, 1 through 3 to start off, and I think he's putting it up over my head. Guys, you have to know anytime I preach, I'm not good with this kind of stuff, so you're not going to get all the verses from me. Uh, I, I just, it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks, and I never had that, and we always had Bibles. I think it's wonderful that we can just put it up on the screen, but I'm never going to learn how to do it, so I had him put a few of the verses up. It said, children... Obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. So, my first point is just this. We're going to honor and celebrate moms. All of us can do that, right? We all have one. You do know, no matter what people tell you, moms are the only ones... That birthed us. It's it. Moms do that. Women can do that. Men can't do that. We have no chance. And women are good at that. Matter of fact, I remember when I was going through counseling, I was going to be a counselor one day, but as you can tell, I probably wouldn't be a very good one because I'm pretty black and white. And uh, they did this study. And this psychiatrist And if you're a psychiatrist, I'm glad you're a believer, but I'm going to make fun of psychiatrists just a little bit. Uh, The psychiatrist, he said, gender has nothing to do with boys and girls. If we give girls toys like trucks and stuff and give guys dolls, it'll be fine. They'll just play with them. First time they did it, they walked in and 20 girls had 20 trucks. And as the psychiatrist walked in, they said, shh. Trucks, we've tucked them in and they're going to sleep. (laughs) The guys, give them a doll. They rip the heads off to see what was inside. (laughs) Now, you say that's just not true. God, it, it is true. It is. I raised two girls and it's completely different than raising two boys. And it can be problematic with both. I was so blessed to have two girls. I remember my mom, uh, she only had one boy. That was me. That's because I was a spoiled brat when I was a little bit young. She babied me too much, but uh, never to say God got a hold of me, and then he has a way to humble us, right? But uh, with only one boy, she asked me when I had two girls, don't you want a boy? I said, not unless God wants me to have a boy. I swear to you, I never cared. I love my girls from the bottom of my heart. I didn't care whether it's a boy or a girl, but mom's, from the very beginning, you can see this nurturing that God puts in them. They just nurture better. My, my wife was, I don't know, 17 when we had our first child. Maybe 18, I can't remember. All I know, we were young in Alaska all by ourselves. And I never seen anybody take to a baby like she did. I'd come home, I'd go to work. She'd be cuddling this baby, feeding this baby, doing everything else with this baby, taking care of this. I'd come home, she'd be doing the same thing. She never got tired of it. We had a second one, she did the same thing. And I love my daughters. I think I was a pretty good father, but I was never like that. After a while, it was like, would you just please go over there and sit down a little bit? (laughs) Mom's just aren't like that. They have this built-in thing that we say, thank you, Lord, for that. Notice here it says honor your father and mother. And that's what we plan on doing this morning. Lord, I pray that this morning we honor our mothers in such a way that we bring great glory to God in doing it. God created them for a purpose and a mission, not just to raise children, but let's say women particularly have a mission in this world that men cannot fulfill. You have your own mission. You have your own talents. You have your own heart. And it is different. Your emotions are different. And God created them different for a person. So number one, this morning, honoring our mom is not only right. We see that in the verse. It's not only right, but it comes with a promise for each and every one of us. If we honor our mothers and fathers, but we're talking about mothers, it comes with a promise God says it's right for you to honor your mother. And it says this is the first commandment with a promise, that it may go well with you. Secondly, honoring moms teaches us that God has placed her in authority over us. Mom never quits being in authority over us. Whether we're 40, whether we're 50 or 60, and our mom's 70, 80, 90... They have that right and they were put there for a reason. But you know what? Knowing that helps us know that there's a bigger authority. God himself. And God has authority over her and us. Next, honoring mom shows our not only our love and respect for her, but our love and respect for our God. Let me give you a few examples from Proverbs. And you guys, I, I, I forget Proverbs. I, I, preach, uh, I didn't preach through it. I taught through Proverbs years ago. And I forgot how many truths you can glean from it. But when it says, if we honor our mother, it will go well with us, the book of Proverbs, it talks so much about, listen to your mom. Listen to your dad. Now, first of all, we know I'm talking about a godly mom and I'm talking about a godly dad. We're going to go someplace else here in a second. But in Proverbs, it starts out like this. Proverbs 1, 7 through 10 says, Fear the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. First of all, a godly mom always teaches you to fear the Lord and, and, and to know you need to be taught she tells you don't despise wisdom don't despise instruction goes on in verse 8 it says hear my son you can hear a mom saying hear my son and forsake not your mother's teachings for they are a graceful garland for your head and a pendant for your neck and then it goes on i'm just i i had to go to verse 10 here it says my son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. It starts off with that. It says, pay attention to your mom. And then it says the next thing. Mom's saying to you, if sinners entice you, don't go there. Because mom knows it's always the other kid's fault. It isn't their own. That's, that's kind of a joke, right? Yeah. You say, well, I didn't find that funny. Okay, we'll, we'll move on. Uh, Proverbs chapter 2, verses 2 through 5 making your ear attent to wisdom. See, a godly woman is a wise woman. Are we wise in everything? Of course not. I'm not trying to tell you women you got to be perfect. We're not perfect. We know we're not perfect, right? How do we gain entrance into heaven? Through the perfect righteousness of Christ. It's not of our own. But if we're godly men, men and women, we want to please God. And we definitely want to pl- have our children grow up to know to love and to fear God. We want our children to be saved. I remember when my daughter was growing up, my second one, not my first one. My first one had her own issues, but she was easier to raise than my second. I wish she was here today. But she's not. I'm not saying she's not a believer, but she's not here. She went to a ball game in Wisconsin to watch the Royals get beat by the Bruins. But... She was a little bit more difficult to raise. And I remember even now as an adult, she'll say, well, Dad, I wasn't that bad. Well, comparatively, she wasn't with what's going on today. But the problem is parents have an insight to where these little things can lead you. And we know you as a child, if you continue to go down this trail... Sin will always take you further than you want to go. Now, I'm not going to lie with you. Sin's fun. Man, when I was young, I had some sin that was fun. But it didn't last. It always took me further than I wanted. And if I let it take me too far, it enslaved me. Friends, that's why I feel for kids there's so much So many things out there you think about. You take meth one time, it can destroy you. One time. In Proverbs, it talks about several other things. It says, okay, lend your ear to wisdom, incline your heart to understanding. But when I was talking to my daughter about these things, she kept saying, Dad, I'm not going there. And I said, but if you keep going, down this road, you're going to go there. And i tell you what I was scared to death of. As you continue down the path of sin, and I, all of us that are older, we can, we can attest to this because we've, we've been down that path at one time or another, probably. If you haven't, then praise God. But some of us have. And what we're afraid of is that you, you can get to this point of no return. And it's serious. We're talking about your soul. We're talking about your very soul when Christ said, He says this, and I'm moving way ahead to the end. I'm saying, Christ said this, Do not fear those who can kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear Him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. That always resonated in me. Honey, I'm much more concerned about your eternal destiny than you think. I pray every day that you'll be with me in heaven. Quite honestly, I really, I thank God He saved me by His grace. An ornery kid that just w- was going down that path over and over and over. And goodness grief, back in the night, I, well maybe, oh, you guys can tell I'm old. Back in 1975, I didn't have the temptations you had. I don't know how you do it sometimes. Between social media and, guys, between what's on your phone and what's on the computer every time you turn it on. Guys, we didn't have that. Actually, back then, it still wasn't popular for girls to be promiscuous. It was always the guys trying to talk the girls into it. I know I'm getting plainly spoken here, but we live in a world that, man, is just tearing us apart because not only are men promiscuous but women are promiscuous and they just it just it's it's bad and proverbs talks about it all over the place it tells the young man look out there's this seductive woman out there that has left the love of her youth and she's wanting you and she's pulling you in that's just one area that we need to listen but the bottom line is friends we're concerned about our children's well-being so when we celebrate mom, moms, you say, well, I haven't taught this stuff in Proverbs to my kid. Hey, God's gracious, right? You can start doing it now. Tell your kid about these things. Tell him that if, if you seek wisdom, this is in Proverbs, I'm back to it. If you seek wisdom like silver and search for it as a hidden treasure, guys, this Christianity thing isn't easy. You have to search in God's word. You have to come and listen to preachers you have to come and listen to teachers and then you got to become a teacher if you feel called to do that you need to know God's word and you need to go in there and go okay what does God's word have to say about this well you'd look in there and you and you dig like like gold you're digging for gold it says if you search for wisdom and hidden treasures then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God we're going to talk about the fear of the Lord here in just a second. Because it's such an unpopular topic. But it's all over the Bible. Elseplace in Proverbs. It says. Wisdom will deliver you from the evil way. From men of perverted speech. That's what wisdom does. Prevents you from men of perverted speech. Who forsake the paths of unrighteousness. To walk in the ways of darkness. See. This is how when you listen to your godly mother, it'll go well with you because she's telling you, don't do these things. Now, she may not tell you it quite that poetically that if you go down the paths of unrighteousness, you're, you'll lead to darkness. She doesn't have to say it that way. Mom just may say, maybe pop you right on the forehead and go, wake up, dummy. You not know what you're doing. You don't know the path you're going down. Pop, just wake up. I tell you, my mom, she popped me right here, and it'd get my attention. Okay, Mom, I'll do that. And she'd never abused me. There were times, you ever had a parent flick you on the ear? Golly, that hurts. Woo! I'm like, okay, Dad, I'm listening. I'll never forget the time, and my dad ain't here. Dad isn't here. I hope he doesn't mind me sharing this, but the time I I. and this is a true story, and I'm not proud of it, but I stayed out all night with the girl. Yeah, oh holy moly! Back in the 70s, we stayed out all night. I don't even remember what we did, so evidently it wasn't that great. But it would have been—it was sinful, no matter what it was. It was sinful. And I come home, and I thought Dad would have been at grandparents, okay? And he wasn't at grandparents. He waited intently in the garage for me to sneaky get home. And he caught me outside, and we had a little tussle. And I think people around here—we all know what that means. We had a little tussle. You guys know what that means. Finally, he hit me because I hit him. Yeah, I hit my dad. That didn't good. Eighteen year old boy hitting a 30 year old man that's twice as strong wasn't good. Now, you say we well, dad didn't do that right. But let me finish you pass judgment I'd been a pain in the neck for that year a real pain in the neck I'd wrecked cars twice got my license taken away now I did this my dad just was fed up with it he didn't know what to do with it met me out in the front yard we had our tussle I woke up (laughs) I woke up on the couch in the living room with them putting a little rag to my head Had nothing to do with my dad strike me. What I saw on my dad's face that day was I ripped his heart completely out. He had tears running down his face. He said, Son, I just don't know what to do with you no more. By the grace of God, that was my wake up call. I think I was a believer, but I wasn't living it. My whole life changed from that point on. I could see how I'd hurt my dad, see how I hurt my mom, and I just didn't do it no more. God can use a lot of things to get our attention. You know, there's a lot of other stuff here where it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart, friends in. Okay, so if we're going to honor our mothers, if you have a mother that's teaching you these things, or mother, if you don't, it's never too late. And they tell you things like, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him. And He will make straight your paths. Do not be wise in your own eyes. That's a huge problem. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Even us, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. For it will be healing in your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Healing in your flesh. I don't know how many of you, probably maybe none of you, but I've known people because I did ministry there for a while where people addicted to drugs you'd go and they'd want to get off these drugs and they'd go through a time where you'd take them and you'd put them in a room. Sometimes you'd have to strap them down. They'd go through a time of withdrawal. Friends, maybe there's something going on in your life where God's telling you get away from that because your path is crooked I want you to walk on the straight path. Here's my promise. Even if you have to go through a time of withdrawal, a time where you're just like, Ugh, I want to do that so much because my flesh, my sin nature wants to do it. You lock yourself in your room and you read the word over and over and over and find somebody that will pray. Oh, you need the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit to work on your heart and pray and pray and pray. But I can promise you, after you go through that time of withdrawal, He will heal your flesh, Amen. and He will make you new. So I wrote down some. Uh, I, I don't. I don't want to skip this one. This one's in Proverbs. It says, "My son, do not despise the Lord's discipline, or be weary of His reproof. For the Lord reproves him who He loves, as a father the son." In whom he delights. We could put mom in there. Mom's discipline, And they reprove because good, godly moms absolutely love you so much they'd give their life for you. I know that. They would put themselves in front of a bullet for each and every one of you. Don't you ever forget it. So practical ways to love your mom because you know that of her. Just love her. And it's a verb. Show her. Hug her, appreciate her, love what she loves, spend some time, plan some time with her, communicate to her, listen to her. I see that in our family. We don't listen enough to my wife. Everybody wants to talk. Take some time and listen to your mom. There's some wisdom in there. Share stories with her. Value her. Value her opinion. Value her interests. Speak well of her. No mom's perfect. You guys, each and every one of you can pick something out of your mom you don't like. Don't don't do that. If she tries to honor God in her life, just look past it. And pray. Maybe there's something in her life you need to pray, but still, speak well of her. Compliment her. Be teachable to her wisdom. Now, moving on. Because this is Mother's Day, and all of you are taking your mom out to eat, so we're not going to go over a lot. <laughs> how to, and this this is pretty important, and that's why I want to get to it. How do we honor an unbelieving mom? Because some of you may have that. How do you honor an unloving mom? Or how do you honor just a flat-out mean mom? Because there's some out there. Doesn't come natural form, but due to the sin nature, it happens. So you say, well, that's not my mom. Then praise the Lord and give her some credit. But if you do have that kind of mom, I want you to know a couple truths before I keep going. And We got this one up here. Most of you are familiar with it. Psalms 139, 13 through 16. For you, this is talking about God. For you form me. your eyes saw my formed, unformed substance. In your book were written every one of them. The days that were formed for me when as yet there was none of them. And Jeremiah 1.5, it even takes it a little bit further. Although you see the truth in the last part of Psalms 139 in verse 16. Before I formed you in the womb I knew you. Now, I know this is speaking to Jeremiah, but it's true of all of us. Before I formed you, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you prophet to the nations. We can say this about every one of us. This is what I want to say. I can prove over and over in God's word that you are not every person in here. You were never a mistake. God knew you before you were in the womb, and He formed you in the womb. That is why I'm so pro life. It has to do with the fact that I want to glorify God in everything He did. And let me tell you what, He knitted you, whether you're short, tall, whatever. He knew you and put you in that woman's womb. And you say, Well, that was a mistake. It wasn't a mistake. Your mom wasn't a mistake. You weren't a mistake. So how do we get over that? Let's say you're a believer now. You're struggling with that. Well, first of all, do not sin in your anger. Every person I've talked to that's had a mom like that, they're angry about it. Ephesians four twenty six says, In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down, or you're still angry, and do not here's the key do not let the devil get a foothold. If you feel that way, and you feel your mom, who knows? There, there's still moms out there that we would define as good that aren't God-fearing women. But let's say let's go further than that. Let's say they're, they're they're unloving. I've never known a mom or a grandma like that. So if you know someone like that, I don't know what that feels like. I don't know what it's like to be around a mean mom. One that would do things that we know that you can listen to the news and know they do. I don't know that, but if you're a believer today, let's do one thing right now through the power of the Holy Spirit, Lord. You don't have to, but I, I'm going to pray for that person. Lord, only through you can they forgive. Only through you. For we have forgi- been forgiven of much as sinners and believers now, so we have to forgive. So the first thing is do not sin in your anger, forgive your mom is the second thing. Ephesians 4:22, be compassionate and kind to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ God forgave you. And you say, I just can't do that. No, there's a lot of things we can't do, isn't there? Come on, in our flesh we can't do them. I just there's some people I just don't like, but in Christ I do as a matter of fact as God just overflows in love in my heart. I just can't hardly not like people anymore. I'm just getting to where I... I love them. Thank God, that's what I've been praying for. I want to love God the best I can, love the body of Christ as best I can, and then love unbelievers as best I can. That's my constant prayer, because I am so bad at it. But I'm finding I, I... I I bet you could ask, Brenda, I just feel different all of a sudden because I've been praying it. Reading 1 Corinthians 13. You guys read it. You've read it over and over. But the love chapter in there, read it this week. Read it over and over and see if it doesn't improve your attitude towards things. So if you have a mom like that, first of all, if you're angry, let it go. Secondly, forgive her. And you say, I can't. Go to God. He will help you forgive her because you know that Christ has forgiven you of much so you can forgive your mom of little goes on number 3, I reset it pray for second or fourth and not least this is probably the most important demonstrate and teach the full gospel of Christ to them. Notice I say the gospel of Christ. Not just well, listen, not just one aspect of it but the whole thing. We hear all over the world today, even churches that I find aren't preaching the full gospel, they're still telling us God loves us. Yes, He does. He loves the unbeliever. He has a special kind of love for the believer, He tells us. He has a love for His church. It's like Christ is the, the, uh, not the bride, The come on, the husband, okay? And and the body is the bride. Goodness grief, I just, whoo, wah! But uh, the bride... And 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 that's how Christ loves the bride. So we want to love the bride. So he tells us, you know what? Demonstrate the full gospel, the full gospel. And we're going to talk about that as we end. I'm almost done. We've talked about honoring moms and how it will go well with us. We've talked about how moms uh, that aren't loving, we still have to love them, show them Christ in their lives. Last but not least... I'm going to talk to moms or women, men, actually all of us. How do we honor God? First of all, this one's pretty easy. We love the Lord God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. That's found in Mark 12, 30 through 31. It's actually found all over. Most of us know it. So first of all, moms, if you're worried about all these do's and don'ts as a mom, I find real comfort in knowing if I work on my relationship with Christ, being a decent father kind of falls in place. So moms, women, us, the more we work on our love for God, we'll learn to love the body of Christ more. We'll learn to love others more. We'll learn to love our families more. We'll learn to love the prodigal son or daughter more. We'll just learn to love better. Secondly, and this is all over Scripture, don't have time to go in everything I wrote. Fear the Lord. As a matter of fact, Proverbs 31, most of you know the verse, it's on the godly woman. And uh, at the last of it, it says in verses 31 through 33 Charm is deceitful, beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands and that her works praise her in the gates. This fear we're talking about here is a reverent, sacred awe of God, an awe of His utter, utter holiness, and a fear of God's displeasure when something we do is wrong. This fear we're talking about, we need to know, and we need to teach our children to know, that God is not pleased with sin in their life. Even though we preach the gospel, we still need to tell them those things. Because who knows where that sin will lead, right? I mean, if you don't agree with me, I'm sorry. It's just true. I I see things going on around us. It's just so true in in the world we live in. So we need to teach them. God's not pleased with that. That doesn't mean God doesn't love them, but God wants them to repent and turn back to Him. God even says in His Word, He says, God is not mocked. And they will reap the consequences of their sin if they do not turn from that sin to faith in Christ. We all know that as believers. Here's something I wrote down. I found helpful for me, may not be for you, but if children have a healthy fear of God, they'll fear sin. See, I think we taught that that God loves them so much. We mistakenly taught them that God loves them so much they can do anything they want. Or we can do, let's just make it all of us, that we can do anything we want. God will still love me. He does. That doesn't mean He's pleased with them. Let me tell you something, even for us as believers, right? Some of you know there's consequences. You've had a sin in your life and yet you see the consequences. Look at King David, a man after God's own heart. Man, that guy, his Psalms, he wrote them. But he had an affair with Bathsheba and that followed him the rest of his life. He had to pay the consequences for that. What else do we do? We pray for our family. Moms, let's honor God by praying for our family, praying for yourself, pray for your children, pray for your church, pray for your pastor, pray for your teachers. Pray for the world. Fourthly, and this one I've already mentioned, teach and demonstrate the full gospel of Christ To your children, this is where I'm closing. I'm closing and it's two minutes past. Give me three more minutes. Roger's so good at this and I'm not being in time frame. He says he practices it and obviously I don't. So, this is how you teach him. You teach him this. That the full gospel of Christ involves understanding affirming and applying the essential truths of the gospel. Those essential truths are this, that God created us for his glory and our ability to glorify him without being saved by grace through faith in the finished work of Christ is impossible. Also teach them about God's holiness And that we're not. Teach them that there's good and evil, right and wrong, light and darkness. The Bible talks about it. Live in a world that is trying to tell us there's no right and wrong. And God, as our Creator, has the right to tell us this is right and this is wrong. Also, in the Gospel, teach them that loving what God loves is good And hating what God hates is also good. I went through last week and came up with 41 things the Bible said that God hates. Bottom line, he hates the sin that destroys his creation. Teach him the full gospel in that there's sin and there's punishment for that sin. If you do not repent and come to faith in Christ that we are dead in our trespasses and we can be made alive in Christ if we come to Christ through faith in His finished work on the cross. And last but not least, how Christ's sacrifice satisfied the righteous wrath of God. The meaning of the resurrection and the Lordship of Christ in our lives. Lord Jesus... We close with this. We all pray. We wouldn't. I don't think. Maybe I'm naive. But I don't think there's a person here today. Whether they like anything else I had to say. They would say to you God. That they want you to be Lord of their lives. As we honor mothers today. I ask a special blessing on all moms all women that you've given us that have been such great caregivers and such great moms and such great women we thank you for that we ask that you might be Lord of our lives and we pray for our children that Christ might be Lord of their lives through the power of the Holy Spirit in Christ's name all God's people said Amen Amen.